because when you start to admit that you were in a cult, you you then start to question your own uh, sense of character. It's like, man, am I that gullible? Was I that stupid? Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Cousin Eddie. And together, we're going to explore what it's like to be in and leave a religious cult. For more info on the Reclamation Podcast, find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Aldo B. Martin. Um, I think eventually I would have left. I probably would have been one of those members or one of those ex-members that were part of the church for over 10 years. Not to say there's anything wrong with that. I mean, you know, any anytime that you get away from this organization, because they're, you know, they're, they're, even though they look harmless, they're a very dangerous organization in the way that they manipulate others. Yeah. <clears throat> so it seems as if the shunning kind of sped up the process for you a little bit. Yeah. It let I, me know who my, who my real friends were. My real friends were, you know, my teammates, some of my classmates. So, so now we're, so now you've left 2006 and, and you ventured out to just, you know, do your own thing and live, live a regular life. What made you, well, it's a twofold question, right? It's a twofold question. What made you feel comfortable enough to want to speak with us on the reclamation about your experience? Because like you mentioned before, this isn't something that people experience on everyday people experience, or at least it doesn't seem that way, right? I, I want to say what it is that no. you said. You said, um, not everyone understands what this was, right? So I'm sure when you left, you kind of kept the secret to yourself. Am I? Because that's what I did. What did you do? Yeah, I would say I've done the same thing. I'm, I would also say that I blocked it out. I, I took my, um, I, it, at one point, I took my, um, I, I was so far removed from it that I focused on other things. I had other hobbies. I like reading books. I like going to the gym. I like, I like lifting weights. You know, I, um, before before I got married, um, I, you know, I was I would go on dates. I also. I also lived in different parts of the Western U.S. as well, so that I got to, I got to go and see some of the sites out uh, out in the on the West Coast, like um, the Space Needle, um, Portland, Las Vegas, the Strip. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so after all that, what made you feel comfortable enough to decide to share your story here on the uh, Reclamation Podcast? Well, I'll be honest, when you first reached out and asked me if I was willing to, I was like, uh, nah, I don't know. But I would say to kind of rewind on that, um, what, what real, um, I guess, um, you know, at that point I had been away for about 15 years and I, my, I would say a coworker of my wife who is actually a member, go to find out, go to find out later, uh, so, you know, started, you know, trying to invite my wife to, you know, um, certain church functions. So, and 
the way that it was worded sounded really familiar to the language that I was accustomed to when I was in the ICOC. All right, hold up, pause. Pause right there. Pause right there. Correct me if I'm misunderstanding. Are you saying that somebody somebody invited your wife to a church service and your wife told you about this? Is that right? Yes. And you didn't know that you don't know this person. Have you ever met the person? Oh, yeah, I've met him. You've met him. Okay. So when you said that the, the wording sounded familiar, was it what he was saying or was it what your wife was saying? Your wife, did your wife say, oh, he said this and that? Like, how did, under what context was it sounding familiar? So this coworker of my wife invited her to a Bible talk. Yes. And that was the words that she used exactly. And I was like, huh, so she came, talk, So she sounds... came home, so she came home and said, oh, I got invited to a Bible talk. Yeah, she, yeah. Okay. And the um, the way that she said it was, uh, was a bit odd. She was like, yeah, I got invited to this thing called the Bible talk. Like, she was unfamiliar with the terminology, but... I sure as hell was familiar with it. So I was like, huh, I wonder what church they go to. I was like, that. Did, did it bring you yeah. back to ICOC right away? Um, yes. And it also brought me to another, uh, to their splinter group. Splinter group. Yes. Like, yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. And your wife is not familiar with any of this. No. 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 So you met her obviously outside of the church under um under different circumstances, non-church circumstances. So this is new to her. So go on. All right. So she got invited to a Bible talk and now your 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 spidey senses are tingling. Absolutely. And I and they invited uh and I guess the husband invited me as well and I asked him what church was he a part of. So now you like met the said, now you, you know, met nobody, the guy. You met the guy now. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he told him, and at first he's like, I'm, I'm a part of the Church of Christ, which hey. that can mean anything. That can mean the mainline Church of Christ. That can mean the international churches of Christ. I'm like, okay, what, um, what's, what's, that, what's the actual name of your church? Mm-hmm. And so he gave the name, you know, of course, uh, plugged that into the Google machine. And sure <laughs> enough, it was the fucking ICOC. Yeah. And, um, when you'd ask again, I was like, look, I, I don't think you want me there. I'm, and I told him, you know, I told him flat out who, you know, who I was. I was like, I'm, I'm what you guys would coin a fall away. I'm, I'm not only am not, I'm not interested in going, but we're not interested in going to any church functions. And I do speak for my wife and uh, on that. And typically, you know, my, my wife, you know, makes her just, you know, makes her own decisions, you know, of course, you know, just, you know, just like with any married couple, they're going to consult with their, you know, with their partner before they make, before their decision is final. But then and there, I took a stand. I said, I speak for myself and my wife. We're not, we're not interested. We don't want to go to any Bible talks, any church picnics. You guys could have, you, you guys could have Portland Blazer tickets. We're not going. Because uh, I know what. Even if it's courtside? Even if it's courtside, because I know what time it is with them. I've I've been through the rigmarole. I know exactly what time it is with these folks, and I'm I I, I thought I when <laughs> I thought when I left I was I, I was far away from these guys, and lo and behold, I you know I live in a town of about ninety thousand people, and out of all the places I run into I run into ICOC members 
here in my in the town that I live in. Yeah, and and, and the town that you're living in is you're. I mean, we're not going to give away where you live, but you're no longer in L.A. No, no, you're and not I in L.A. Been, anymore. Yeah, I haven't been since 2013. I've actually lived in, and it's a different, um, and it's a different state. A few years, it's a different state yeah. that you're in. Yeah. Okay. So, what was your wife's reaction to that? At first, she didn't understand because any time that the topic of religion would come up, and she was within an earshot, she would see my reaction, um, and my reaction wasn't always wasn't always positive, or or it wasn't always um, diplomatic per se. Today it is, but when we first got together, and up until I would say about a year and a half ago, it wasn't, it wasn't. So it was, I, I was, I would always shut down that conversation quick. I was like, I would either say, Hey, look, we're not, I'm, I'm not religious. Been there, done that. I'm good. Definitely going to take a pass. And she didn't know the history of this. No, no, not at all. And so she would, so oftentimes she would get upset that I was so dismissive. And finally she just asked me like, Hey, is there anything that happened in your past that, it's caused me to, or to react the way that you did, that you do. And, you know, I knew at that point I had, I had to tell her that, Hey, look, I was a member of a very controversial church. They've done exposés of of them in the past, 2020 BBC, Fox news. um, There are a couple others. You can find them on YouTube. And there's also a couple of YouTubers that where they devote, their time to talk to to talk about this particular church is just that it has that sort of impact and you know it's it's destroyed lives. I mean, there's people that have killed themselves because of this church because the um, church sucked away their hope pe- and sanity. Wait, wait, people that you know about? No, not that I know personally, but um, but people that were that they had interviewed on some of these exposés. Oh wow, and 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 this is all information that's out there for public consumption i'm sure yes yeah it definitely did destroy lives you know i like to think of the um i like to think of the icoc um because at first it was the it was church of christ and then it became and then it branched off to international church of christ and it is currently something else called the icc right international christian church and it's all the I same i believe that's their splinter group no, it's not even Splinter Group is it's a totally different thing. Like it branched off from there, but that's that's the name of the group now. International Christian Church. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And um you see you live on the, the, the West Coast, but out here on the East Coast, you know, we have hurricanes, right? And hurricane season is from if I'm not mistaken, it's from like the summer into into late fall, right? And every year when the hurricanes come, all of them get a different name, right? All of them get a different name. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the ICOC is is like a hurricane in the sense that it's a temporary thing, but it causes a lot of damage. A lot Destruction of damage. Destruction by a different name. Yeah. Yeah. So whether it's Hurricane Andrew or... Uh, Hurricane Katrina or whatever, right? It's a hurricane, and yep. and it's temporary. It doesn't last forever, but it causes a shitload of damage that's permanent in some cases. 
And I feel like that's what the ICOC is. I feel like it's a hurricane that just inflicts damage on whatever city they, they're in, whatever life that they're in. And, and that's what they do. Now, there are some good times that have happened. Sure. There's some good people that are there. But I don't think that the church ever really came to grips with the damage that it caused to people. And I think a lot of them are in denial of that, you know? And when and we I, bring... Go ahead, buddy. I was just saying, I don't think they ever will. Because they're, they ever will, they're always no. going to go to the Bible. Yeah. And they're going to justify. They're always going to use those mental gymnastics in the Bible to justify what they're doing is correct and that they're the only ones that are, that are doing it correctly. Yeah. And, and that for me is a, that for me is a, is a, is certainly a turnoff. Now, what has life been like for you after leaving the church? So if I can give you a quick breakdown of my 15 years that I had left on um, that first, the very, from the very first moment that I left, I felt relieved. Relieved. That made, Yeah. Yeah, man. I didn't, you know, I didn't have to go to, I didn't have to miss a Sunday service without feeling guilty. Yeah. I can go out and, you know, kind of in, enjoy life with, you know, with friends without feeling like that I needed to share my faith or preach the Bible to them. Mm-hmm. When I went through my rough times, I thought it was, I thought it was punishment. Yeah. So my, my last two seasons of um, when I when I competed at the NCAA level, they were they were nothing to write home about. I was injured all the time. I, I was very sluggish. It was one injury after another. Yeah. And I and at the time I attribute that to me leaving the ICOC. It's like, oh my god, I think I'm I think I'm being punished. You thought it was your fault. They always, yeah, they always just say like, you know, if you if you leave us, then it'll be like a dog returning to its vomit. I'm not sure if I'm saying that exactly right, but essentially you, you're, uh, you're doomed for hell. You're doomed for uh, a life, a life of uh, turmoil. And that is eventually going to lead you to hell. Nothing, nothing good will come of you leaving. So when that happened, when I, um, I I graduated from college during the recession okay, and, Try yeah. try finding a job um, with very little work experience um, during the recession when everyone else was getting laid off. Yeah, I tough mean, time. That's a tough time. Yeah, I mean, I could look at I could look back and say that those you know that you know those were those are times where you know you where character was built, but you know living at that moment it was again I attributed it to me being punished for leaving the ICOC. Mm-hmm. Once things started to turn around, this is around, I want to say this is around 2010. Yeah. Oops, excuse me. If you've heard. Yeah. So around 2010, um, I finally uh, had a big break. Um, when, um, landed a job um, in corporate America that, that basically began my career in sales, which is uh, kind of what I still have today. Um, and, through, you know, since then it's, you know, with a little bit of tough times, um, it mixed in with the good. Um, I so, did lose my mom back in. Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. As I say, tough times mixed in with the good. I did lose my mom back in 2013. Um, she lost her battle with cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, God rest her soul. And you know, she, you know, she did the best she could. But with even even with that, um, you know, I think you know, things for me were starting to look up. So is this, the, is, this the, is this the part where you start to pick up the pieces of your life? 
Yeah, but without addressing the issue of the ICOC. When they, um, during that time, whenever somebody would, would bring it up, I would just say, oh, yeah, I, I used to be a member. I don't go there anymore and just kind of leave it at that. I never really would dive in as to why I left or – or even, or even, or even the mere fact that it was a cult. No, I get that. I get that. But I'm just wondering. So, is this when you start to pick up the pieces, like you start to move forward and and things start to take, things start to form themselves? Because you said you meant you you just mentioned you met your wife. Yeah, I met my wife around I want to say around 2014. Yeah. So we started dating at first, and then we eventually moved in together, and eventually got married, and and whatnot. And I know that she's been. Uh, you know, she's been a big help in terms of, you know, help, you know, helping me address this issue, you know, this issue of uh, being a part of this church or because, I mean, she was never a member, but she does have a background in mental health. So she mm. has understanding of some of the things that I went through, even if it's vicariously. So now you 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 pick up the pieces of your life, you you leave, you go through some tough times and then eventually things start to come together. And yeah, I would say so. You correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem as if you were outspoken about the church soon after leaving. No, no, that took some time to build, right? And because I wanted to put it behind me. Yeah, of course. I know a lot of people like because I wanted because I wanted to prove that these guys are wrong, and I think that oh, I think that as time heals all. They are wrong, you know. You, you know, someone who leaves just because they don't agree with their ideology isn't like a dog returning to its own vomit. It's not like nah. you're not going to live a you're not going to live live a life of doom and be destined for hell. And you didn't betray God, you know. No, there was a time where because that's what they I say. Did, that's what know, they say. I had some questions. Yeah, but that's what they say, though, right? Like if you leave our church, you're betraying God. And yeah. The contrary, nah, nah. When you leave the church, it's just, it's just time to go, and that's that's really all it is. And I don't think they really understand that fully. So this took time to build, and now here we are, fifteen years later, and you're now starting to come to grips with, oh shit, was I in a cult? Yep. What was that process like for you, man? Um, I would say at first. It wasn't something that I wanted to admit. Well, why not? Because when you, because when you start to admit that you were in a cult, you you then start to question your own uh, sense of character. It's like, man, am I that gullible? Was I that stupid? Mm-hmm. Did I did I fault? Was I was I really that? Was I really that naive to, you know, to follow a group like this? And it's one of those it's one of those questions that you that you kind of go back and forth with. But at the end of the day, it happened. And I think the biggest part here, at least for myself, is you know forgiving yourself from you know for you know joining this organization. That leads to my last question. Do you regret joining the church, knowing everything that you know now? Out of all the questions that you've asked, this is going to be the hardest one to answer because I, my life could have went a whole different direction 
had I not joined, what um, what direction that would have been, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, I mean, if I, if I had followed the path of, you know, being that angry kid that turned into a delinquent adult, then that would have, you know, that, that would have been tragic. But, and I would say that it did, um, I would say that it did take away a lot of my formative years. And then that's something I, that's, that's time I can never get back. So in terms of me regretting, um, the best way that I can answer that is that it was there at the time when I needed it. It served its purpose. And when that purpose was no longer served and when it was time to leave, and as the opportunity presented itself, because it's, it's not easy to leave this organization, that's when I made my exit. You know, Eric, you, you saying that is, is very powerful because somehow, some way, there is a current member of the organization listening to this. They are. They're listening to this podcast. You think so? I think so. No, I think so. And But they're not going to tell anybody. And... And they're listening to it, and I just want to let them know that at some point you can leave, and it's okay, because Eric just said that it served a purpose for him, and when the time was up, the time was up. For me, it served a purpose. It took me out of a a dark pit that my life was in, right, that I really didn't think I'd be able to get out of. But it helped build up my self-esteem to the point that, you know what, I feel good enough to to make it out on my own. And and I, I think what you just said, Eric, is very important for a person like that who who's listening. And I, I really believe that. I, I really do. Because, listen, dude, the church continues on no matter what. And right now, right now, there's another Eric in there. Right now. There's another Aldo in there, in there for the same reasons and circumstances that you and I joined. And they're having questions and they're like, yo, man, should I leave? But they don't think it's the right thing to do. And they're too afraid to make that move. Do you understand? So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. Yeah. So I think what you said is 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 very powerful. So, Eric, I want to I want to finish at the beginning. What is it that you want the listeners to know about your story and why you're speaking up about this? In terms of me speaking up, I feel like it's important, um, especially for me to speak up because, you know, when you go through, when you go through a series of tragic events or even just, or even going up with a controversial organization or a cult, you know, it's not easy to, to, to speak out. Mm-mm. And when you do, at least for me, this is actually therapeutic. Although I know that there's going to be there's going to be people who have I I will never meet. They're going to kind of know about me and know about my story. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it's good to, you know, to you know to get to get my to get my truth out there. Yeah, yeah, I get that, man. I I, I really I really do I really do. Eric, man, listen, uh, thank you for the time and, and thank you for, for, for joining us, man. And thank you for adding yourself to the collective, man. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Pleasure was mine. Um, and thank you for, ha- for having me on here. It's definitely an honor. 
next time on The Reclamation. What made you want to join? Belonging. I wanted to belong. I wanted to, at the time, being 21, I, um, I was also kind of seeking out um, how it's really shaped and structured like a corporation. Yeah. And there was a particular target audience. 